I was paying bartenders to, you know, hear me order a vodka soda and just give me soda water because I was, mm. I was having to try and fit into that world, Holy right? Shit, so, like, I'd go up and I'd slide a 50 and I'd be like, yo, I'm going to order vodka sodas, but just pour me a soda water because these guys can't know I'm not drinking. Whoa. Right? So it was at that point where I was like, I'm, this the is not, saying, yeah, this, this is not where That's I want to so be. And um, to add to your point, like, one of the most important things that I, I think it's really important for people to know as well is that, like, I had everything I thought I wanted mm. and I still wasn't happy. Mm-hmm. You know, you like I had the apartment, I had the suits, I had the watches, I had the car, I had the, the girl, I had all the things and I was depressed yeah. and I was sad. And even my training, though I was really fit and doing well and all these things, I was empty. Yeah. I was lost. Yeah. I was just like, I was just addicted to going to the gym because I didn't know how to process my feelings. I'm Luca Ritty, the host of the Feeling Alive podcast. Thank you for joining me. Here you will learn what it truly means to feel alive. Fulfillment, empowerment and true self-expression are the pillars of this podcast. I believe our greatest potential exists when our physical, mental, emotional and spiritual health are in balance. My mission is to inspire you to push your edges of comfort, regain your energetic balance and leap into your greatest potential question is are you ready and just a few things before we get going my greatest goal is to see this podcast reaching more and more people so if you can rate review and share this podcast on itunes that would greatly help this mission and more importantly serve the people needing to hear this most does this sound like you you've been riding an emotional seesaw of fear anger jealousy guilt or sadness you seem to be more and more disconnected from your friends and potentially family and you don't know why or you want to make some positive change in your life but you don't know how or what you are doing isn't working i have some good news i've created a free five-day training ebook and meditation on shifting your reality this is a powerful training to help you change your perspective on your life so far it gives you a great tool to use every day and in turn, shift your external reality for the better. It's a powerful training for you for free, so it's a no-brainer. And if you do need further support on this journey of finding your greatest potential, I have spaces available for men and women in my Momentum Mentoring Program. You will work with me one-on-one to unpack your story, shift your perspective on matters in your past, empower you with powerful tools to use in your life, and give you more clarity on your mission in life. So both links for these offers are in the show notes and if you resonate with either, please do go ahead and get involved. Most importantly, I'm grateful that you are here. So thank you and without further delay, here is your episode. Welcome back to another episode of the Feeling Alive podcast. We are at episode 21, jam-packed with some goodness in this episode. I'm interviewing Cam Mack, Mr. McDougall, a strength and conditioning coach with a very holistic view and also a breathwork practitioner who is here to redefine the health and fitness industry. Now, this episode is really about his journey on redefining who he truly was and you understand why he had to redefine who he was because this is a very, very interesting journey. It's, it's come full circle and come from a wide range of 
diverse experiences. At the age of 14, he was arrested for an armed robbery and ended up running with the gangs in Canada to becoming a two-time CrossFit regional athlete and on, and on that process actually ending up studying after doing multiple visits to a juvenile detention and becoming a finance executive. This story is, is epic. It's, there's so much to it that really will resonate with the everyday person in life, the everyday struggles that we're all going through and also the, the pursuit of finding a more meaningful and, and fulfilling life and that's exactly what Cam's done and, and now he, he really uses these, these techniques he discovered in his journey and, and what helped him transform with his clients you know, and helping them understand who they truly are and getting them to answer a simple question. That is, why? Why are you doing it? Why do you want to do it? And helping them go within and go into the body. It's a powerful episode for all of you folks wanting to find that deeper fulfillment and pursuing those goals and making sure they're in alignment with who you are. So you're not going to be disappointed. Get your ears into it and let's get stuck in. Rightio, welcome back to another episode. You've obviously heard the big intro that I've given this is a special one with Cam Machino. Brother, how are you? Doing well, doing well. Yeah, Cheers, my man. That. Let's just talk about the Cam Machino for a sec before we get into what this episode is going to be all about. The Cam Machino, I had heard about the Cam Machino when we had Christmas together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that the Cam Machino was just your energy and love going into it. But I didn't realize in this cacao, you've got matcha, you've got maca, and that love. Mm-hmm. And so... Yeah, I've, I've got the full cappuccino, the cappuccino yeah, today. You're getting the full experience. And it's a controversial drink. It yeah. really is. Because you're like been mixing? Some, well, there's been, there's been some drama. Right. <laughs> Victoria will attest that, that, that she the... started it. Oh, <laughs> there's shit. a whole story around that. Maybe another podcast, mm. though, we can get into it. We yeah, can talk about like, the truth of... Cappuccinos is the next business. It's going to be booming. It is. But anyway, we're going to do this episode today. I've been doing my recon on Cam and I've been following Cam for a while and I love the, the message in every one of your Instagram posts, everything that you do and you put yourself out. Not only that, you embody this um, when we see you as well in person and I'm sure you do that with all your clients as well. But your today's episode is going to be on redefining health and fitness when you redefine yourself or mm. by redefining yourself and that's exactly what you've done. Mm. Um, and so for those not familiar with your story and, and I actually went quite deep and looking at and you, you write about this publicly on your yeah, Instagram posts yeah. is like it wasn't always you weren't always doing what you're doing now so you're taking a whole new approach in health and fitness mm-hmm. and we'll get to what you actually do now but let's go back to like let's go back to before you were a high performance coach before mm-hmm. you were a strength coach before you were a breathwork practitioner let's go back to like the story of when you were going through juvenile detention at 14, getting arrested at 14 for your armed robbery. Yeah. And through those, I think it was about five years up until about 18 until you started to like transition. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about young Cam back then because this is inspiring for people listening who have gone through similar stuff. Yeah, most definitely. Um, I love how you put that. You put that so beautifully, redefining health and fitness because that's really what, what I'm here to do and yeah, what, we're, what we're building. Um, so 14 year old Cam was, uh, he was, he was a good kid, (laughs) but he had a whole bunch of energy that he didn't really Mm. know what to do with. And 
you know, believe it or not, I was picked on mm -hmm. a lot when I was younger. I was picked on a lot from elementary school all the way up until high school. And what was going on is I was this really loud, obnoxious, very emotional being that, you know, obviously got a lot of focus and a lot of judgment from my peers. And one day in particular, when I was 14, I got robbed by a gang at school. So I was, I was just, my mom had gotten me a new Echo jacket. Mm. I was like sporting it. I was feeling really fresh about it. And five guys jumped me and took my jacket. And it was at that moment where that, that energy, that emotion, that, that kind of like chaotic side of me got fully redirected into mm. a darkness where I went, I'm never letting anybody do that to me again. Mm -hmm. And so I got into gangs, I made a crew, I started getting into trouble, I started robbing people, I started going into that whole world because I was like, you can't do this to me, I'm gonna be that person now mm. and I'm gonna use all this energy and show you just how badass I can be. Mm. And so for about you know, four or five years from 14 to about 19, I was in and out of juvenile detention. I was working with gangs. I was you know, fighting, wow. selling drugs, using drugs, partying, this, that, the other thing. You can, you can imagine all the things that were happening. And in grade 10, I dropped out of high school because well, no high school could keep me. So I was fully out on my own, about 16. Um, parents kicked me out. Shit. Nobody could handle me. So the streets took me in and lots of turmoil, lots of change, lots of in and out of friends' houses, back to parents' houses, jail and moving around so much. I just went through a wild, wild journey for many years that you know, I, I'm, I'm slowly putting into mm. a book right now on well, how it kind of created the foundation for what I do now. So stay tuned for that. That's awesome, man. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. You guys got full goosebumps. Yeah, that's great. nice, man. Nice. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of a, one of my projects in the making right now. I don't have any details on when it will be out or anything like yeah, that. It's yeah. just, a, I'm stay just starting tuned, to man. build it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Most definitely. And that, that, so it's interesting because when I saw your post, you went to a point where you, you actually wrote about an interaction you had with a guard in detention mm -hmm. center where yeah. he gave you an inspiration or an insight into the fitness, health totally. and or, well, bodybuilding yeah. area of mm -hmm. health and fitness, right? So how did that happen? Tell us about yeah, that. Because that was beautiful. almost like it was like getting you to where you are now. Yeah, well, that, that's, I love that segue. And I got goosebumps when you said that now. Mm. Because I remember that moment because, you know, I was in juvenile detention I was on one of my longer sentences. I was in there for, I don't know, I think three months or something like that at the time. And uh, this guard noticed that like I had energy and I was, I was this kind of like hmm. wiry kid as most kids are in juvie. Um, but he basically said to me, he's like, have you ever thought about putting that energy into training? Have you ever thought about putting that energy into you like building your body? And I was kind of like, nah, but he was jacked and big. And, and I was like, well, he's doing something right. And I was like, maybe girls will like me. Maybe yeah. I'll start to be more of a badass. Maybe mm. people will be more scared of me. So it, it 
triggered something inside of me. Mm-hmm. And what it triggered was at the root, turn your energy into your body. Mm. But on the surface, my ego was so all over it that the ultimate catalyst at that point in time was an ego-driven pursuit. Right, to protect yourself almost, totally. to get bigger, to like, so those bullies from the 14-year-old exactly. can, can be shown. Yeah, Yeah. exactly, right. exactly. And so did you carry that ego for quite a while? Long time, man. Mm. Um, so yeah, like kind of fast forwarding, I kept training, I kept getting bigger, I got really into bodybuilding, mm-hmm. I got really into fitness and nutrition, um, you know, was, you know, doing, doing the bicep curls, tricep extensions, mm-hmm. you know, like all hypertrophy, yeah, yeah. trying to get as big as I possibly could. Um, all while keeping on the persona of being this kind of like, you know, hoodlum. And, um, hmm. that carried even, you know, when I got out of that world. So I, I segued out of, you know, I got out of juvenile detention when I was about 18 and a half. And I was, I was like, next thing I did, I was going to federal you know <laughs> jail like I was going to like the real deal the next thing I did and I was on probation for about three years Shit, man. and and when I got out of that I kind of had an intermediary time where I was you know I, I was still in it a bit but then I was trying to get my shit together and so I was kind of flip-flopping back and forth but then I got pulled in really deep and by getting pulled back in really deep it got worse than it had ever gotten before. Right. And luckily we weren't getting caught. Right. But at one moment in time, I just had this, this lightning bolt came into my forehead walking out of a Vietnamese food restaurant in the downtown east side of Vancouver. And I was just like, I got to change. I got to shift. And it was like, I don't know what it was. I don't know. Like, you felt like I felt it was like, the only way I can describe it is it was like a lightning bolt in my forehead. Holy shit. And it was like a lightning bolt in my forehead and my whole body was just like, no, you can't do this anymore. This is going to kill you. This is going to end up in really, really bad stuff. You got to go. And that was 19, you said? Yeah, that was about 19. I I think I was was around 19, 20. And um, so I walked into my, my buddy's house at the time, gave him everything I had, all the cash, everything. I was like, I'm out. I'm going to wash dishes at a restaurant. What do you mean cash? Like, cause we Drugs, were, yeah, we were, everything. yeah, yeah. We had everything wow. shared at that point in time. So like we had, you know, all kinds of cash that we would split and drugs and Shit, weapons, man. all kinds of crazy stuff. And I just like gave it all to him. And I was like, this is yours. I'm out. I'm going to start washing dishes. And so Holy as shit. I, as I kept training through that process and moving my body, I, I became a chef and I started getting more yeah, into right. nutrition. And so all this stuff kind of kept snowballing the further I went and snowballing in the sense of like building you a better version of you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. Exactly. Great way to put it. Um, so it just kept snowballing and as a chef, like, yeah, I was still partying. I was still doing all these things, but I was really consistent with my fitness practice because, you know, in juvie and throughout the course of the years, I'd started to develop a pretty, a pretty strong routine there. Yeah. And as a chef, it just kind of like really anchored in that like I really enjoyed nutrition. I really enjoyed taking care of my body, but it was still mm-hmm. ego-based. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. was still yeah. the same stuff where I was like, I want to be big. I want to take the supplements. I want to get jacked. I want to be this person. I am not enough. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's what it was coming from. I am not enough. So I have to be this person. 
so I'd still party and then I, when I deserved it, I'd go and I'd, I'd go to the club and then mm. I'd go back to the gym and I'd keep following this cycle. And that perpetuated all through university because I went back and I finished um, my high school. I went and got a degree in business. Um, well, all because I started getting more and more clear from moving my body and, and getting into my body. Interesting. And, but it kept perpetuating. It was the same thing. I was still in that world, the supplements, the stringer teas, yeah, yeah, the yeah, this, yeah, the yeah, that, yeah. And, and it just kept on going and kept on going all the way until I was a finance executive. And by that point I became a CrossFit athlete. Shit. Okay. And yeah. And as a CrossFit athlete, I made it to the regionals. I was like, I was in it. Which it was quite, like, yeah, it was, good. it was good. It was amazing. That was my, my whole goal going in there. And I, I wanted to go to the games and all these kinds of things. And I just kept getting slapped with injury, yeah. injury, 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 exactly the signs. And I was big. I was, I was, you know, in kilos, what would I have been? I would have been like 112 kilos, 7% body fat. Like That's I was, I was wild. everything and, and that people wanted. Yeah. But I was lost and I was depressed because I could never achieve that next thing that I wanted to do so bad because even when I got there, I made another thing that I wanted. And then wow. it dissolved. And okay. I dissolved it all. Man, so you've taken us on a journey there. And there's 100%. so much I want to circle back to. Totally, man. Uh, what a journey. What a journey. Cut me off whenever you want, what man, because it can keep going. Well, I think we're painting a good picture too because this podcast is all about feeling alive from within. Yeah. I've had similar experiences to you of like always going outside of myself. Mm-hmm. That's all I talk about is like, no, it's all within. Mm-hmm. And we're all speaking in a different frequency and in a different area to share that message and it's so good to see you and from your experience talk the same message mm. it's, it's literally speaking to the people man okay so like let's go back to like when you actually because all of a sudden you became a finance executive all of a sudden you're original crossfit like there's a like i think we talked about it you had a snowball of like slow everything was like slowly starting to click mm. into place as you first had that jolt come through yeah but you notice that the ego was still there there was still that little boy inside of you that was needing to be healed mm-hmm. which is like in hindsight now you've got a tremendous amount of like personal reflection to pick up on that and learn from that which is amazing but like how did you get to like how did you actually get to wanting to go into finance Mm -hmm. because that's a different and studying business like yeah i mean i see how it is now because i know you but like i see how it clicks now but how did you just decide to go from like loving training because you didn't have a direction let's be honest Mm -hmm, you just love training and you're like okay was it did you pick finance because you love money yeah, so, business, so that's what society said. Yeah, that's a that's a great great question, and it was a funny experience because when I was a chef, I fell in love with cooking, and cooking saved my life. Right, right. like like that's what you started. That's where I started yeah. was dishwashing. Then I became a sous chef of the restaurant. Oh, like okay. I worked my way up. Cappuccino. Yeah, exactly. The cappuccino, <laughs> um, and at that point in time, I I totally realized that like. I wanted to open up a restaurant hmm. and I was like, I love cooking. I love nutrition. I love all these things that I'm learning right now. I want to be running my own place. Hmm. And so I was like, and that was the catalyst for me to go back to my high school, finish that off and then go to business school. Cause I was like, I want to go and open up a restaurant. So the thing that had like saved my life, I wanted to keep perpetuating and keep growing and keep like building. But when I went to business school, I got like, I got that hustler vibe came Mm. back where I was like, 
because I was really good at sales. I was really good at business planning and I was really good at like going into shit without caring at all, right? Because yeah. I'd been spent years selling Being drugs and, and, and yeah. doing all kinds of stuff like that. Street where, sales, man. Exactly. So I, I was an entrepreneur when I was 15 yeah, totally. years old, right? So it was like I got into that rush and I was like watching Dragon's Den and Shark oh, Tank awesome. and all these things. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, I could go and rock these presentations. <laughs> and I'm like, I can build so many products and create so many That's things. So, so I just got obsessed with business. And then when I got out of business school, I was like, okay, what do I do? Like, do mm. I start a company? I'm like, no, I want to learn how a company's ran first. Mm. Um, and I went and I went and worked so hard. I was looking at investment banking and all these things. I had no direction whatsoever. Mm -hmm. But I spent as much time working for a job as if I was working at a job. Mm. So I just went deeper and deeper and deeper. And I got an interview at a at Ritchie Brothers, which is a auctioning company okay. for equipment yeah and the ceo there interviewed me and he was the ceo for another company a financial company and at that point he was like you have too much drive and ambition for this desk job i'm gonna bring you over to my other You're company kidding yeah and it just happened that the person that was supposed to interview me was sick that day so the ceo would never interview an entry-level person but for whatever reason that person didn't show up and he was like i'll interview the new young young buck or whatever and yeah. so i went in and he was like you think too big for this job, I'm gonna bring you over here. Whoa. So he brought me to his, his finance company. Whoa, um, man. And I went from a, you know, an entry-level sales assistant to assistant vice president. Whoa, that's yeah. huge, dude. Yeah. And so, okay, so you've gone from washing dishes and you knew you had to change something, you've gone into that, then you just have these synchronicities that keep popping up of like, for some reason, this guy had to be sick and you've thrown in, which yeah. is what I encourage everyone to look at is like, what are the synchronicities that have happened in your own life totally. that redirect your path, right? But like, how was it actually working in there? Because you, you, I believe you had an identity crisis. Oh, huge, man. Because at was... this process, you were still training CrossFit and yeah. I'll talk about it in a sec. Yeah. But like, let's talk about the identity crisis. Totally, totally. So my CrossFit started as I went into finance. So wow. kind of right when I started finance, I started going into CrossFit. But what happened in that world was... I started making tons of money. Mm. I went from like, you know, an entry level position one year to making more than my parents the next year and then so on and so forth. Like I was showing up at my mom's house driving Ferraris and stuff. Like shit. this was, this whole Holy world shit, was dude. like wild, right? Like, yeah, it's a total, that's another story as well. But in that process, I really realized that um, I, I wasn't like a lot of these people. Mm. that were working there they were sitting or they were like smoking and drinking and it was all about like cigars and cognac and everyone was just kind of like it was all mm. about money and it was all about like it was all about Whoa. money for the executives and the people that I was hanging out with and it was all about lack for the people that were down in the trenches doing documentation and so everyone was either really depressed or anxious working in kind of the cog mm. and then all of the executives or the 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 you know the money making salespeople were all like living this wolf of wall street style life which was just like in the clouds yeah. and i i just was really in tune with energy and i was like this isn't where i want to be this isn't sustainable and so i was just like i don't know what i'm doing well why am i here hmm. so after four years of being there i was just like I'm, I'm done. I'm leaving. Interesting. And it was really, really interesting because, you know, my, um, my mentor at that company, good friend and mentor, 
he was, you know, he was, he had the houses in West Van, he had the cars, he had all the things. And, and so I always, but I always trusted his advice. And I walked into his office one day and I said, Hey, I think I want to leave. And he looked at me, he said, why? And I was like, cause I think there's other stuff I got to do. And I just had this feeling inside mm. of me and he looked at me and he said, Cam, go. Whoa. And I was like, I was like, okay, I, I respect your advice, but why are you saying that? And he looked at me and he put his hands up and he went like this and he said, Cam, I have golden handcuffs. And the one thing that I regret more than anything in my life is that I didn't try my own thing first. Wow. And now my whole family, my whole life relies on me to live, to maintain this lifestyle. And he's like, now I can't leave it. Which, you know, looking back, I think was a bit of a limiting belief that he had to work through, but he was in a very intense intense situation. Right. So, um, mm-hmm. he basically empowered me and, and sadly, you know, yeah. he, he ended up having like, um, coronary bypass and stuff a couple of years later, like he, he had heart attacks yeah. and got sick. And so that and whole, lifestyle, exactly that, that whole mm-hmm. kind of energetic frequency and that lifestyle was there. So when I left, I was just like, I'm done. But mm-hmm. then I was like, I just walked away from the most high paying job. Yeah, most yeah. people in my whole friend man. group had thought of like, I just like, I walked away from a relationship. I just like shed everything. Yeah. And I was just like, I had started a little company while I was there and I just went all into that company yeah. and, and went to build it. And that's when you sold, you actually sold that company. Yeah, yeah I yeah. built and sold that company. That's cool. After. It's yeah. funny. Um, there's so many things there. Like I resonate with your story so much, man. It's like we were operating on different planes at the same time, sort of going through very similar experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, so I resonate with this so much. And like it almost seems like you were in that business because you, you're still quite entrepreneurial now. Well, you are entrepreneurial now. You have your own business doing what you're doing now. But it's almost to see you saw that because you needed to see how to make money consciously in a way where you doing you are doing what you love mm-hmm. and you're also helping someone and you're also having a balance with your health and fitness and your sure. your body, your well-being, right? Did, would you sure. say that that was one of your biggest lessons from that in hindsight? 100%. Um it most definitely is. And, and it hit me when I was like, I was paying bartenders to, you know, hear me order a vodka soda and just give me soda water. Cause I was, mm. I was having to try and fit into that world. Holy right. Shit, so like I'd go up and I'd slide a 50 and I'd be like, yo, I'm going to order vodka sodas, but just pour me a soda water. Cause these guys can't know I'm not drinking. Whoa. Right. So it was at that point where I was like, I'm, this the is not, saying, yeah, this, this is not where That's I want to so be. And um, to add to your point, like one of the most important things that I, I think it's really important for people to know as well is that like I had everything I thought I wanted mm. and I still wasn't happy. Mm-hmm. You know, you like I had the apartment, I had the suits, I had the watches, I had the car, I had the, the girl, I had all the things and I was depressed yeah. and I was sad. And even my training, though I was really fit and doing well and all these things, I was empty. Yeah. I was lost. Yeah. I was just like, I was just addicted to going to the gym because I didn't know how to process my feelings from the office. And that's been the big part of your transformation, that totally. redefinition of Cam, right? Was just processing what you've experienced. Yeah. I think anyone listening to this right now is also, maybe they have similar experiences, but they've also had different experiences that were troubling and challenging and that allowed them to go on a different trajectory. But there's one thing that you can pay attention to in the moment of like, for me it was, I, I always used to say, oh, I'm never drinking again. Mm-hmm. And you're always feeling like shit um, the next day on the Sundays. And then eventually got so much to the point where 
you would you you'd stop backing up. Mm. So that's how it starts. Like you go from Friday drinking, Saturday drinking to just Friday, and then you'd end up doing like water, or then you'd end up having an excuse saying, "No, nah, I'm doing Dry July." And so it was. It's inherent in your like it's innate, innate wisdom mm. coming through to say, "Hey, you've got a different path, guys. Let's." shift yeah. well, not guys you you've got a different path let's shift and that's the body trying to tell you yeah and i think you're going to we're going to talk about this a lot in a, in a bit but let's go down the path of health and fitness now so you're mm. a crossfit you're you're training for crossfit while you're in this finance job yeah. and you've gone into two regions you want you've competed at two regional two regionals yeah and for crossfit that's pretty intense right yeah and so yeah. you were Let's talk about what Cam was eating, what Cam was thinking, what yeah. Cam was training. Like, yeah, totally. Because um, this is going to be crazy for people to see where you're at now and how you've used all this <laughs> yeah. in your work now. Like, yeah, well, I was, you know, I was, I was up at 4 a.m. every day. I was at the gym at 5 a.m. I'd train till 9, and then I'd be working by 10 usually. Um, and then sometimes I'd go back two times a week I'd go back and spend another two, three hours there. Shit, man. So I was doing about eight sessions of training a week, um, if not nine or 10. And I was consuming about 6,500 calories a day. Holy <laughs> so shit. So had, I had one of those six pack fitness bags that yeah. was like, you know, it, had, it has a shelf in it and it's a cooler and it's yeah. got four protein holders and all your Tupperware. So I, you know, that would be my lunch for the day. Yeah. So you, were you committed to going to CrossFit? Yeah. Like, to I wanted to make level? the game. So that's really, that ambition. Coming yeah, through again. exactly. And the ambition and also like my ego, cause I've always been very competitive, okay. but yeah. I wasn't competitive from the right place. I was yeah, like, yeah. I want to be the best. Yeah. I want to be the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it you. got me through sports and, and it's, it's helped me a lot, but mm. it's also, you know, hurt me a lot. Yeah. But my, you know, we made it to regionals um, and then ultimately I was like, okay, I want to make it to the games. And it got to the point where I was, you know, I was, I was really, I was, I was super fit. I was, I was, you know, at the, at the peak of peak of my fitness, you know, doing well at work and, you know, eating ridiculously healthy, ridiculously clean. I didn't touch anything that was, that w wasn't in my macro profile. So wow. you know, my, my proteins, yeah. my fats, my carbohydrates. And I was just, I was so absolutely strict in every single thing that I did. Mm. And it was just like, if it doesn't fit my personal optimization, then I am not going to touch it with a 10 foot pole. So that started, that started this like pursuit for really fine-tuning your body mm -hmm. but in an unhealthy way totally totally and it and to to highlight that as much like i was meeting with steroid doctors as well so i was paying thousands of dollars to have consults with a steroid doc because i wanted to get my blood tested i wanted to get my prostate tested i want to get my hormones tested because the pressure that was being put on me to start using steroids was so high and I was really just like, that was my next evolution. So it was like, I was in this world where I was like, I'm counting every single calorie that I eat and I don't eat gluten and I'm not going to drink mm. alcohol and this and that. And then I'm like, but I'll take steroids. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I'll fuck up my whole endocrine because system. Because that was the, that was the culture or like. Well, and so, and, and I, you know, I, I, I can't blanket statement because yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, for sure. Right. For sure. Um, but what I do know is that CrossFit is one of the best sports ever for steroids, right? Really? Because 
your recovery requirements are really high. And if there's any sport really made for, you know, a, mm. a lot of PEDs, it's, it's CrossFit. And so for me, like the reason I went to the doctor is because you can, you need a certain pedigree, they call it. Right. And if you have a certain pedigree, steroids really, really work for you. Yeah. Now, you can't polish a turd, right? And, 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 and there's a lot of people that think people that use steroids are cheating. And if they weren't using steroids, they'd be this like, you know, D level athlete. It's like, no, nah, that's not how it works. You have mm -hmm. to be an A level athlete and use steroids to be absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. So I was at the point where I was like, I'm getting tested to make sure I had this pedigree, make sure I, I was able to use them and, and, and go down this path. And it just like, it just totally convoluted my whole perspective of what my fitness journey was because, because it came all about, it became all about winning and looking mm. better and being the best and all that kind of stuff. So, which is um, coming from your ego. So I think 100%. this is a good point to like circle back to your, you're redefining yourself and you've done this through this whole period of like getting up to the CrossFit games, um, the regionals, and then you've noticed, well, in hindsight, you probably haven't noticed at that point. Maybe you did, but like you noticed that there was these underlying reasons why you wanted to go for steroids, why you wanted to get bigger, mm. and that was this ego. Totally. And what was your process? Or maybe when did you start to dis disconnect from that egoic mm. side and start to connecting more to like the soul side, your true yeah. self? The body forced me to do it. Interesting. With those injuries or? Yeah. Um, so at regionals, this, the, we had a workout that was ridiculously heavy snatches over and over and over again. In that workout, I gave myself bursitis okay. and tendonitis in my shoulder. So it wasn't, it was repetitive stress that caused those things, but it, it exploded during that workout. And you're in the moto center, there's people everywhere, like you, you keep going, mm. right? So my ego was like, nah, you, the first snatch I did, I was like, ah, and I was like, oh no, but I just kept going, kept going, kept going. And so my body was like, all right, you want to do that? We're knocking you out. And so after regionals, I, I couldn't lift my arm up. Mm. So I couldn't snatch, I couldn't do pull-ups, I couldn't do anything because my whole shoulder was just demolished. Um, and so I got MRIs, they were like, yeah, you have bursitis and, and, and tendonitis. And they're like, you're lucky that nothing else is, is torn, that nothing else is, is wrong. Um, and I lost all my weight. I started, mm. I couldn't compete. I was coaching, but I couldn't even demo snatches. So I was like this, I was this, like, I was at the gym, my name was on the wall and I was like this guy, I'd walk in, everyone's like, oh, Cam, okay, I have questions and blah, blah, blah. And, and so I had all this ego and then I couldn't do anything and I started getting skinnier and people were like, are you okay? And I'm just like, I can't train, I can't do what I want to do. So I'd like try and push through and then I'd re-injure and I would just like, I fell into this really, really dark place. Mm. And so at that point in time, I started drinking again more. I started using Coke again. I started like falling back into this really, really, really dark place. Hmm. And, um, and then it all just fell out from under me again. And it just like the whole, everything that I thought was me just that identity crosses fell out from under me. And, and I spent six months crying on the couch, man. Like Shit. I was like in the darkest place in my life, even darker than when I was in, 
the life that I was living before. And, and it just kind of like, I had this company that I had started. I was, you know, I was, I was doing all these things and, and it just, boom, the whole bottom fell out. And in that darkness, in those six months, and I, I still get goosebumps and all the feels when I think about it, I found myself. Mm. And in the darkness, I found who I truly was. And I found and saw all the things that I was doing because I joined Alcoholics Anonymous. I went like really deep into like fixing my, my, my drug use and my alcohol use. And I got a sponsor and I went through, I went through some of the steps. I didn't finish them because I didn't resonate. That's a whole other story. But through those processes, I really had to look at all the incidents I had done and everything that I was doing. And I attributed fitness to, hmm. to alcohol. It was all the same stuff. It was just distraction and it was just ego and it was fear yeah. and anxiety and this and that. And so in that, I found meditation. I started playing with breath work. I started moving my body more intuitively yeah. and moving my body for fun mm. and doing all kinds of wild stuff, riding my bike. And, and I just, my muscles went and I got skinnier and I got smaller and I just became okay with it. Wow because it seems like you were doing so much reflection on yourself yeah. that you were like, it wasn't actually myself that cared. 100%. It was someone else. I had to take the armor off yeah. that I had built to actually get inside and see yeah. what I was trying to protect myself yeah. from. And when I did and I realized that that wasn't actually a threat, I was like, wow, I, I don't need this armor. Yeah, yeah. You know? Totally feel you, brother, on that. And I think a lot of people will, listening to that. Is that it's just it, it, and almost like if you're not gonna be if you're not willing to go back and reflect, we're gonna make you reflect. Totally. And so they hit you like with that totally. injury, and then you lost your identity. You're like no, you've actually got, and everyone does have a purpose. Everyone does have a mission in this life if you choose to find it. Totally. Sometimes if it's like it needs to be found, you'll get these pushes and these nudges, and yeah. it's something not to ignore. Totally. In your case, you were lucky to pick up on it. Because like, mm -hmm. you could have gone down a different path that would have just kept like teaching you this. Totally. And if like, it wasn't for AA, yeah. if it wasn't for the support of people around me, like yeah. solid friends, my movement practice, like if it wasn't for my family and, and, and AA and all that, like, yeah, it probably wow. would have gone a whole other way. Wow. You That's know? crazy. But it just, yeah, it just didn't feel right. And, and I love that you said that, like Gabor Mate says the most amazing quote, and he says, if we don't learn to say no, then the body will say it for us. Mm. You know, so it's exactly what you're saying. It's like, if, if we don't learn to pay attention to the signs before they become a punch in the face, we're going to get the punch in the face eventually. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. It's kind of yeah, like... I feel that. That's yeah. perfectly said. So you're in a, you, now you're just going down to this path, but you've, you've stopped CrossFit. You're yeah. now a... You started going into health and fitness. Yeah, so I was always meditation for the first time. Yeah, so I was at that time. I was, you know, at the time of being a CrossFit coach, I I, be, I was obsessed with performance. So that was my whole world. Yeah. But what I hadn't really played with was meditation, visualization, all that kind of stuff. Um, and so I really got into that combined with breath work. I was doing personal training for people. I really took my shift away from like building my own body to like, mm. how can I start to now help others? And so as a CrossFit coach, I realized that a lot of people would come to the gym and they'd be spending tons of money. They'd be really consistent and their body composition wasn't changing. Mm. Like it wasn't changing. And I'd be like, I'd just ask them like, how are you doing? What do you do outside of the gym? Like all these things. And, and what it, what, what basically came through is that they're not supported enough outside 
of the gym. They come to the gym, they get the social yeah. aspect, yeah. they do the workout, and then they go and, and they go and they eat wings and they yeah. get takeout and they do all these things outside. And, and then they'd be like, why aren't I getting fit? So it was like, they had this self-fulfilling prophecy where it's like, they didn't have the, they didn't have the support outside, but they wanted the results of the gym. So they, but they kept leaving would, and, yeah. and they just kept kind of like eroding at them and they'd get more depressed and more beat down. And they'd be like, why can't I get fit like Bob over here? And yeah. they would just spiral. And I was like, humans need way more support than just access to a gym and you know and then bob over here is just chasing the ego dream that i was in before you know so i was like there's a huge disconnect here and you wanted to bridge the gap exactly and so <clears throat> with meditation breath work visualization and, and more of a conscious approach i started building myself back again and then trying those with my mm. personal training clients with my coaching clients in my classes that I'd get to run that, yeah. that weren't necessarily CrossFit specific, but I ended up quitting CrossFit coaching because I was like, I can't, wow. I can't be a part of this because holy shit, you're man, taking, you're taking, yeah, you're just pushing people through workouts that they should not be doing, mm. and you're telling them to do it, and mm. it's like they're totally disconnected from their bodies, they're totally in their head because they're trying to show up their friend over there, and they're getting injured and they're not taking care of themselves, and then they're drinking beer and having wings on the weekend. It's like this isn't working. Yeah. Wow. I guess because now you're doing the, the work that you do now is you do a lot of strength training, mm -hmm. but you've got this 6C method. Yeah. Um, what's the 6C method? Because yeah. I, I, like it seemed pretty cool when I was, when I was um, looking at it. Yeah. I really want to hear more about it because I think it covers a lot like this whole aspect that you were missing yeah. out on. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, it came to me in a meditation wow, too. Okay. Like I was some of the best shit comes through in meditation. It's so. unbelievable, man. If, if any, if anyone's listening to this and you don't <laughs> meditate, you got to start. Cause all my business ideas, everything that I've ever kind of like brought to fruition totally, has man. been successful. Yeah. has come through meditation. Um, but I was, I was thinking, I was like, so I'd been a coach for a while and I was like, I was like, okay, what, what, what's the progression for people to follow? You know, like what, what progression do we want humans to follow in order to achieve these results? And so the first thing that I realized is like, okay, we need clarity. Yeah. Like if we don't have clarity, then there's absolutely nothing that we're mm -hmm. going to be able to do. Like on who, who you are and where you're going or just where you're going? Why you're doing why. it. Why? Right? Why? Like, like if, you know, it's like Simon, the Simon Sinek start with why, right? Yeah, if you don't powerful. know why, nothing's going to happen, mm -hmm. right? It's just, it's just not going to happen. Cool. It's just, that's just kind of how, how she goes. Yeah, so man, I agree really helping people understand the clarity piece, which has been really difficult. People hate setting goals. Really? Like a lot, of time, yeah, a, lot, a lot of times I've found that I'd be like, where do you, where do you want your body to be in 10 years? They'd be like, I wow. have no idea. I'd be like five years. Okay. They'd be like, I'd be like one year. Be like next month, they'd be like abs, and you're just like, okay, oh, fuck. <laughs> like that's not how this works, yeah, right? That's not how this works. So, really helping them understand like why they're doing it, you know. Like, I have some of the most powerful results with new fathers, for instance, that are like, I'm getting fit because my child is absorbing all of my lifestyle mm. knowledge right now, so I'm getting fit for me, but also that I know that it's programming my child to take care of themselves so they start making it about something bigger than them so clarity absolutely everything this one yeah yeah then we look at consistency 
Okay. Okay. So looking at your routines, looking at, you know, what comes up, like how we can set your evening rituals, how we can get you in the gym in the morning, how you can set routines in the morning. Right. And just really kind of outfitting them in a beautiful way where, you know, they have the right programs, they have the right resources. Yeah. Then we look at challenges, right? So every single person knows that as they embrace more fitness and as they try to implement routines and consistency, they're going to get challenges. Mm -hmm. So we start to look at the challenges and when we look at the challenges, we look at what boundaries need to get set up. So a lot of times, like as you know, we we both came from the drinking world, right? We had to not hang out with that one friend. We had to not stay out past that certain time. You know, there yeah. was all these things that we had to do in order to kind of like prevent ourselves from falling into the same pattern. That's the biggest challenge, I think, when you're shifting hands. Totally, yeah. 100%. So we just like, we really set them up in a way that they know how to yeah. set those boundaries in their life. Next is curiosity. So it's like, how do we foster curiosity of a constant development, mm. right? So. One of my favorite words in the whole wide world is curiosity. It's like, that's, that's how we embrace and love life. It's yeah. like every dark thing that happens, how can I be curious about what lightness what wants to come from? Yeah. Exactly, yeah. you know? So bringing in curiosity, giving them fitspirations, getting them connected with somebody that might really inspire them, like an athlete or you know, someone in the you know, movie scene or a celebrity or somebody at the gym that they like, just really kind of starting to get them in the world of like being curious on how other people are doing it yeah. and how they can attribute and innovate yeah. and apply things to their life. Then we look at celebration because progress equates to happiness and the best way to show progress is when you celebrate your accomplishments, awesome. right? So we look at how they build self-care celebrations into their life. When are they getting massages? When are they having that bubble bath? You know, when are they yeah. going on a spa weekend with the friends? Like, when are they treating themselves to, to like, um, you know, a beautiful, healthy meal and like maybe a juice cleanse or whatever, yeah. where it's like not about like celebrating with champagne and, and partying anymore. It's celebrating with something that makes us feel really, really good so that we continue that momentum. And then finally, it's contribution. Yeah. So when we look at how do you make it about something that's bigger than you, because, you know, I, I rode my mountain bike 4,350 kilometers a year and a half ago that was cool. for at-risk youth. And when I was like down and out, I had tendonitis in my Achilles. I was like packing my chamois with all this butter and lube and ridiculously disgusting stuff to make sure I didn't chafe in the freezing cold. <laughs> what did I think of? <laughs> I thought of those kids that we were raising money for and I thought of the cause that we were raising money for and I thought of all the people that it was affecting, you know, GoPro for sponsoring, Mountain Equipment Co-op for sponsoring, like all of these companies supporting us for these kids. It's like, there's no excuse that's ever Mm. gonna make me quit. Mm. So I wanted to do it. And when you make something bigger than yourself, and you connect it to something that's true to your heart, you want to do it. Mm, which is your why. Mm-hmm. And you contribute full heavily. Full circle, man. That's how you create the perpetual, lasting results mm-hmm. in health and fitness. Far out. I love that, man. There's a... Um, so in that, that's how you coach people? So I bring people through that journey. Now you coach them on a strength and strength program and then this is the foundation that comes in, in the, in the consistency part. So, so they move through the six C's. Now everybody kind of goes through it sometimes differently. Sometimes people just own one spot and Mm. really need a lot of time in another. But really what we do is 
find clarity, move through that as quick as we can. If they can't find it, I give it to them. Then all the strength training and stuff comes into the consistency point, mm. right? And once cool. they start to become consistent, then it's like, all right, how do we set your life up in a awesome. powerful way so the challenges don't get in? How do we make sure that you're staying curious, wow. you know, and, and so on and so forth. So it's like life coaching and um, strength coaching. Yeah, it's using your body as a vehicle for change in your wow. life. Wow, and that's that's been one of your big um, is is one of your, your the main thing you talk about is like being in your body and yeah. learning to listen to your body. Yeah, and I guess that a big that six C method is like getting them to be curious and reflective on themselves, mm -hmm. right? And like looking at things in their life that they never had to totally. look at, like old oh, mate going, "Where's my hat? Where's my body look like? In, yeah. What's my body look like in five years?" Yeah, they don't look at these things. So, where does your where did like your your belief on being in the body, listening to the body, did that come from you getting injured and not listening and not listening and not listening? And if so, how does that look in like someone's normal life mm -hmm. right now? Mm -hmm. Great question. So for me, it was a progression. Mm. And it's funny, I had a breathwork client yesterday, a private here, and we talked just about this. For me, it was a progression. And it was knowing and reflecting on all the different signs that I had throughout the course of my life. So there's one moment that I'll, I'll give you guys access to that I'll bring into my book. Um, and it, it's, it was a moment where me and three other guys were sitting in a car with ski masks on. And we had baseball bats and we had been, you know, hired to go do something very naughty. And I was sitting in the car and breathing heavily, you know, getting, getting kind of like, you know, into the state of something really bad about to happen. And there's this little knock in my body, kind of in my solar plexus. And it was just like, don't do this. Don't do this. At the time I felt, I thought it was fear. So I didn't listen kept knocking, kept knocking. Right as we were opening the doors, I stopped everyone. I said, I'm out, I'm not doing this. Shit. And later on, we found out that what we were about to do would have resulted in very, very, very bad things. Whoa. So when I take the time to reflect on all of these points of my life that were really, really, really intense where I made rash decisions, I realized there was something happening in my body that was guiding me. And through that reflection and through really like meditating on them and going to Vipassana and doing cold Wicked. contrasting and all of these things, I was able to really like drown out my mind, go back into those moments and feel what that guidance was. And it's allowed for me to actually start communicating with my body. Yeah. Like my body speaks to me. Yeah. And right there, I just, I felt tingles all over my yeah. body when I say that because I am creating a relationship with this vessel on a cellular level where it can speak to me and guide me. Mm -hmm. So for someone to, you know, that sounds very out there and, you know, it can be pretty wild to think about, especially when you're dealing with trauma and a yeah. lot of kinds of stuff because we get shut off from our sensory bodies. But getting into the senses is the most important thing that someone can do in an everyday mm. kind of approach. And so, so Vipassana, yeah, 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 exactly. And, and for me, it's like, 
it, you know, for me, felt sense has been big, the biggest one. Yeah. Just like, 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 what do I feel? What kind of like yeah. tingles, what kind of nudges, what kind of like, you know, movement is happening? How's my breath? Is it open? Is it tight? Has all come from lots of Vipassana. Okay, so if anyone's listening, how many, many Vipassanas have you done? Huh? I've only done one, but I practice it yeah. by myself a lot. Wait, where'd you do it in Merritt? Yeah, I did. Yeah, it in so did I, yeah. man. Oh, I, why'd you do it in Merritt? I that's, lived in Canada. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. And I did right. it in Merritt. That's right. It's Beautiful a, place. It, it was hardcore. Yeah. Did yeah. You, how, how was your experience? It was beautiful. Yeah, I was in it, but day seven, day eight, day nine, day yeah, that was that was kind of where it went. Yeah, it got really tough. Really, yeah. day seven, day eight, day nine. Interesting. So I'm I'm a big preacher on vipassana mm-hmm. for the same reason because I think we had the same experience. It just locked. It just clicked in like so many. Yeah. Everything just went whoop. I see it all. Yeah. And it connected the dots to your path, and you go, mm-hmm. oh, that's where I could, you know, like for you, listening to my body, listening to my body. Mm-hmm. But you go through a process. Now, for those who don't know what Vipassana is, it's a 10-day meditation all by donation. Um, And there's like 130 centers all around the world. Mm -hmm. And you're 10 days completely silent, no eye contact, guys and girls separate, two meals a day. You can't read, you can't write, you can't talk. They do say you can go outside in the break, but you also can choose to stay in your room. And, and, And that's what I did. I was like, no, I'm just going balls deep in this. And um, you're meditating for 11, 12 hours a day, uh-huh. right? And you're learning in each day. Yeah. And so that, I say it was the, until Tim's retreat last week, I said it was the best mm. and hardest thing I've done. Yeah. It is insane for your self-reflection, insane for your personal growth. 100%. And insane for your body. Yeah. Like the way that you follow the sensations and the free flow of energy, like... Yeah. One of the coolest things that Vipassana taught me was, and this is kind of when all of this started clicking for me, was when Goenka, who if you yeah, go, you'll, so start good to, you'll start to, you'll know who that is, you know, may you rest in peace, what an amazing human. Um, you start to go part by part, piece by piece, mm-hmm. and you start to pay attention to the most subtle sensation mm-hmm. that you feel on that. And the more that you do that over hours and hours and hours of work, you start to you start to feel free flowing energy through your body. Mm-hmm. And as you start feeling that free flowing energy, you feel where it's blocked, you feel where it's moving, you feel where it's crackling, yeah. you, feel, you feel all of these things and then you realize, oh, there's a bug on me, I wanna scratch it. And it's like, well, no, that sensation's gonna go away and yeah. it doesn't really matter. What's it trying to tell me? Oh, I'm anxious, uh-huh. you know? And so mm. you start to really tune into you know, how your senses create emotion, which create driving results, which create these outcomes in our lives that mm. dictate everything. Mm. And so, you know, if you're looking to get into your body and if you're looking to feel, shut yourself off and get into the senses. Yeah. But with screens and people and music and this and that, like we're so overstimulated yeah. that we're so external. Totally, dude. That we've shut off from our communication body on the inside. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I was at Gold's gym in Vancouver recently. And you know, Gold's like, you, you have some good stuff. I don't mean to bash you guys, but I kind of am because I walk in and there's a, a movie theater size screen, like the size of that wall with CNN blaring. And I'm like, Whoa. Ah, and then I go on and I'm looking at the machines and all the machines have Netflix on them so people yeah. can watch Netflix while so you're not they're tuning doing... into your body while you're not at all mm. mm-hmm. overstimulated and we're so out of our body so Interesting. anything that brings you inwards 
cold contrasting, Vipassana, yeah. meditation, breath work, right? Like yeah. massage, yeah. you know, shit. Like sometimes I just like tap, tap. on my body, right? Yeah. When I'm meditating, it's like, what, what does my body want to tell me right now? What can I find here? Intuitive movement, dance, you know, mm. things that just like really get you into the body. The more you do that, the more you actually start to communicate with it. And the more mm -hmm. you write those conversations down, and the more you go into that, you just really start to develop a relationship with your body because this isn't woo-woo stuff anymore. Science has proven yeah, that on a cellular level, we can communicate and stimulate our body's oh, fight yeah. or flight system. We can stimulate it's parasympathetic nervous system. There, there's, there's all these things that we can do we just off. with our, yeah, exactly. Just with our breath, with our mind, with our yeah. state. So, um, starting with the felt senses is where you want to go, man. I couldn't agree more. You're speaking my language. And for those people listening now, it's like, why would you actually want to do this? Like, mm. what's the greatest benefit for starting to do this? I mean, you've obviously come from a very, crazy spectrum mm -hmm. from like just hearing your story so far like what's been the greatest gift that you've seen from this work great question and where i want to go with this is 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 another thing that came to me in meditation nice. funnily enough and it's the concept that at a base level in our body we have senses yeah. those senses create emotions those emotions create driving forces. Those driving forces create results. So let's use it. Let's use tightness in the chest mm -hmm. creates an emotion of anxiousness, which creates, you know, a driving force of retraction from friends or family, which creates a result of isolation. Mm -hmm. When we're in that result of isolation, we start to identify with the anxiety and we forget the sensation. And so what happens is we create a perpetual circle of story and emotion, story mm -hmm. and emotion, story and emotion. And the more we flex that story and emotion and the more we continuously go into that, we make that us. And so we stay further shut off from sensation. Yeah. We get further into the story and the emotion. And when someone comes to us and says, hey, how about this thing? We react yeah. because we just believe, no, this is who I am. You can't mm -hmm. change me. The same thing happens in addiction, mm -hmm. right? It's, it's, we're just like, no, this is, you don't know. It's not a problem. Mm -hmm. The more we get in touch with the sensations, the less we create the story around what they mean and the more we allow for them to leave or to guide us. Yeah which ultimately frees you to anything you want to accomplish in your life. Yeah. Which is like more true, deep joy, satisfaction, For sure. happiness, For empowerment, sure. fulfillment, right? Like For that's, sure. that's what you've seen in your yeah, life. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, it's not always, it's no, not always glorious, man. Not. <laughs> We're not, not painting that picture because we still go through this shit, but it's like, would you rather spend... 50 years, say, say we're in our 30s, 50 years for the rest of our life, like another 50 years, say, mm -hmm. trying to deal with this shit from our past and continuously reacting, continuously mm -hmm. being um, unsatisfied with what's around you, not being in the present moment. Would you rather live like that or spend like two, three years going deep into this process and mm -hmm. processing this story, processing these emotions? And I've seen it firsthand. 
Vipassana showed me a lot mm-hmm. to, to heal this shit. Mm-hmm. And then go through a few challenging years and actually start living a life of your dreams. Totally. And it's the best time ever to do it, man. 100%. Like 100%. Our parents had, uh, had a different life. Our grandparents had a different generational challenges. Mm-hmm. We're in a great time now to start doing this work, man. Totally, totally. And, and on that note, I do want to mention something. And that's that... You know, like people that are on antipsychotics, antidepressants and stuff like that, like they can find this very, very hard, right? Mm. And I work with people in that capacity. And just for the record, like I was on Ciprolax and antipsychotic for three years because of my anxiety. And I was completely numb Mm. to everything. And so for me, when I was in that place, there was no amount of work or techniques or anything that were going to pull me out of it because I was so like I was just in it and I know people with PTSD and people with a lot of um, traumatic you know syndromes and challenges can can feel the same way yeah and so you know talking from experience I just want to make sure that people know that like even if they feel like they're in a position where they can't shift anything and that it's just over consuming, it's like the drugs might be saving your life, but the sooner you can slowly come off of them yeah. while introducing things like Vipassana and meditation, the sooner you will start to feel. And for some people, it takes six months, a year, some people two, three, four, five. For me, it took me about a year and a half to get off drugs and start to get into my sensory body again. Um, That's a good point. Yeah, and it's just, so I just like to always highlight that where a lot of people can really find that very challenging to hear. Um, And and I, yeah, I just want to let them know that I've been there and I know know Mm. what it's all about. And the more that you, you know, get into cold baths and do contrasting and the more that you get into cold ass rivers, whatever it is you want to do, and you start to reconnect with that, <gasps> that feeling in your yeah. body and you just let it do what it's supposed to do, the more you're going to build that, that sensory intelligence That's and the cool, more man. you're going to open up to it. So That's cool, man. Yeah. I really, I really, that cold, I can, I can second to that. That cold yeah. is something like getting into the mind with the cold. Totally. Um, it's. Yeah, it's it's brought the it's brought the little boy out of me for sure. Mm-hmm. But there's a um, I think there's a good point to just touch on anxiety for a second mm-hmm. because there are a lot of people struggling with anxiety. Totally. Um, I had yeah, I, I I had quite a bit of anxiety. Never really suffered from it too much. More, my mine was more like sadness and depression. Yeah. But anxiety. What's your thoughts on that? And through your own experiences, how do you feel like there's people out there now, like I'm sure you want to just give some sort of advice to what helped you Mm -hmm. in that process. Mm Anxiety is a funny one. And so are, you know, all, all types of, um, you know, mental health challenges are, are, are very uncharted waters right now. Like, and, Mm. and if anyone's looking for somebody very, very, very dialed into that world, like start following Gabor Mate, because he is like, an absolute wizard in that stuff. Mm. Um, I aspire, you know, I always learn from him. Yeah. But when it comes to something like anxiety, sometimes it's just in our system. Sometimes we get it through the womb from our mother. Sometimes mm. it's, it's from an incident that happened when we were a kid and we can't remember it. Sometimes it's from trauma and, and that trauma 
that traumatic situation has been shut out of our view and now the traumatic experience lives in our body and it just pops up and just mm. happens. That happens a lot with, you know, with, with sexual abuse, with all kinds of stuff like that. So anxiety isn't something that we always can find the source of, mm. you know, it sometimes just lives in us. So really, really learning to make peace with the fact that it's just an expression of the body to protect you. It is nothing to be afraid of mm. is one of the most important parts because the more we can learn to accept it, allow for it to run its course, the less we, com the less we compound it, yeah. right? So, so yeah. many people who have anxiety, they get anxiety, they have a panic attack, and then they start to get anxiety about having the panic yeah. attack that they just perpetually yeah, fall into yeah. that anxiety cycle. So really understanding that your body wants to express things because it's trying to protect you is one of the most important things that I have really instilled in my system. And, and my anxiety was so bad that I used to like, I used to wake up standing in the middle of the night in my backyard. Like I, I had no control over what was going on. Like it was, it was really bad. And so I know how that feels, but the moment that I started to just observe it, which meditation gave me the power to do, the more it left, right? Energy wants to dissipate. It yeah. wants to leave, right? But we keep it in us when we make an emotional story about it, mm. right? So as people are dealing with anxiety and as you go into this, it's like, it's the same thing as losing weight. It's the same thing as gaining muscle. It's the same thing as all of these things. If you want to actually do it from the right place and, and move it, love on yourself and love it for what it is now and allow for it to do what it needs to do yeah. because it's just trying it's to tell weird. you something. Uh -huh. And the more you do that, the less you create the perpetual cycle of anxiety. You let the energy leave and you just, you learn to, to cope with it better and you become more clear about how to manage it. Um, you know, and, and that's something that I learned as I tapered off the drugs. I was like, oh, I'm feeling a little anxious, but I was researching that there's nothing for me to be afraid of. Like yeah. I'm safe. I'm, I'm safe. Yeah. You know, there's nothing here. And so I'm like, okay, the body's just, just doing what it needs to do because I've lived a crazy life. It's like, I need to let it do what it's going to do, mm. you know? And if it's shaking, if it's crying, if it's screaming, do that. Like yeah. just, oh, you know, just yeah. like, let it go, let it move. Um, and you'll start to feel a lot better. Mm. Yeah. Mastin Kip talks about that. It's like just letting the um, nervous system unwind. Yeah. It's like a memory. Yeah. Letting it really unwind. So that's mm -hmm. a good point. Man, there's been so many golden nuggets in here. And I, like it's been such a good journey, like taking the listeners through your whole story to where you are now and how you're talking now. <laughs> and like it's, it, it's really beautiful and it's really inspiring for a lot of people. I can feel that. So you, I want to talk about your program that you actually run, mm. the in-body program. Yeah. Um, is that something you've just started up? Tell us yeah. a little bit about what's happening with that. Because I yeah. mean, I know there's going to be a lot of people resonating with this and, and there's going to be a lot of people that want to actually see more of your work. Totally, totally. Um, and so right now I'm, I'm in the development phases and, and I'll be launching relatively quick of Embody Fitness. Mm -hmm. So because in body, in body yeah, yeah, that's, in body that's fitness, awesome. like right? That. So, um, you know, 
it's 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 bringing in all the results that people want on a physical side right because yeah. i know people want abs i know they want the booty i know they yeah, want the biceps sure. but it's combining breathwork movement and meditation so mm. what we're going to be doing is is a lot more pre-workout breathwork so avoiding any of the supplements and stuff like that so Shit. really getting people energized and and, huh. and full of prana before they start wicked um not to mention it connects you really deeply with your body then moving into, into uh, I haven't decided exactly which two results I'm going to launch first, um, but then strength and conditioning yeah. or fitness programs that are driving two results. I'm, I'm picking from about five. No. They'll all be available eventually, but I, I don't know which one I'm going to start with. You have to do a meditation to figure it out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then everything ends with a feeling meditation. So... I'm that guy in the gym that everyone's wondering, like, what the hell you're doing? Dude, this you is know? crazy because I, Cam, um, Vic put up a Instagram story of, like, you used to at the gym and she's, like, on the other end, like, zooming in on you. And you were doing a meditation before yeah, you went in. I was in that one. I was actually doing pre-workout breath work. So I was oh, in a okay, retention. Okay. But it looked like a meditation. Yeah, yeah. But I was, um, I was charging my system. In a, like to get really kind of like connected to my body. And so I'll, I'll, I'll tap and I'll slap and I'll breathe and I'll hold and I'll do all kinds of beautiful dopamine activation for the brain and oxygenation for the body. And so I'll do that. And then I'll, I'll be like, like I realized this when I started doing the O2 awakening mm. <clears throat> before I started training. And then I was, I was mixing it with other modalities and some Wim Hof stuff and Tony Robbins and Kundalini. And I found when I combined all these things, I was just like, Oh my God. And, and I've done a lot of pre-workout yeah, in my okay. life, right? Like I came from that yeah, world, yeah, yeah. right? Yo, and I Freddy. was just like, yeah, exactly, <laughs> right? Exactly. Every day, you know, two of those before we go. Yeah. And I realized I was like, wow, I feel more energized and activated than I ever did on pre-workout. And I'm clear. And I'm like, I'm, and I could just feel my body. I could feel every fiber of my muscles moving. So okay. started doing that. Then, then train, and then at the end of every workout, I sit and I meditate mm. after I stretch. And I just sit and I place my hands on my body wherever I'm being guided and I show it love. And I visualize this beautiful little spiral coming down and just showing every, every part of my body love after I train. Mm. Because I want to thank my body for you know, doing what it does. And that's a, a moment that I will mm. never compromise. So these programs are taking the, the breathe, move, feel modality that I've used recently to really get in amazing shape again um, from a really conscious beautiful place and it's including a strength program as well yeah 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 and yeah. But, so the movement is the natural movement or so, yeah it? so I call it movement and that might be confusing so this is good research um, the movement is the fitness yeah. right so um, it's gonna be it'll be a strength program yeah, of awesome. movement right cool. um, or a hit program depending on what uh, the result is that the awesome. person wants Man, that sounds so freaking awesome. Yeah. We'll have to do a session, um, go down to the gym. I'll come and join you one day. I'd love to, man. That'd be awesome. I'll be guided through that. Yeah. Um, man, I think we're going to wrap it up here because, like, honestly, there's a lot we can talk about. But I, I want to just give the listeners one key takeaway that you think is really important for them to feel more alive, to feel more in touch with their body, to feel more connected. Hmm. What would that be from your own experiences? It's a great question. I would say step into 
the places that scare you a little bit and go into the movements that don't feel as normal. Yes. Because we're very linear creatures by habit, not Mm -hmm. by design. We like moving in directions we're familiar with. Allow yourself to open up to directions you're not familiar with Mm -hmm. in your body and in life. Because the more you open up to a spot you haven't been, the more you feel a new sensation, the more you feel a new area. So really allow yourself to be curious about what other directions you might be able to go and step into that zone between fun and fear, which is excitement. Yeah. And allow yourself to just move through what you currently believe to be your truth. That's, that's true wisdom right there, man. That's funny. It's like that's the actual message for growth mm-hmm. in any way, whether it's physical growth yeah. or personal growth. It's stepping into pushing the edges of comfort. Because mm-hmm. you think of anyone that was going to become a superior athlete or a superior speaker or a superior interviewer or a superior coach, they had to actually push their levels of comfort to raise the ceiling of what's known, sure. to raise their own development. So. If you're hearing that, like that is the essence of your personal freedom. It's just pushing the edges of comfort. Mm-hmm. Awesome, your brother. body's freedom. <laughs> yeah, your body's freedom. Well, yeah. that's that's all we're going to have here for you all. We've had the Camachino. We've had the Camachino's wisdom um, through the cup and through the voice. So it's been perfect, <laughs> man. Thank you so much. Absolute honor. Absolute pleasure. Yeah. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And remember, this these messages are for you that are mostly needed to help you push through those areas of discomfort, those challenges where you're facing that identity crisis or mm-hmm. those periods of like, who am I? What am I here to do? These are the stories. These are the moments where you have other people here with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're, no. all, we're all on this path with you. And, most definitely. And I hope you can take this message, share it with some loved ones, and most importantly, implement it in your life. So until next time, take care, folks. Peace. Peace. Thank you so much for listening to the end. I'm incredibly grateful to share these magical lessons and experiences with you here. Please, if you can do anything right now, adopt the takeaways that our guests give you in each episode and use it in your life and share it with your loved ones because that's what matters. And remember this, Socrates once said, the secret to change is to focus all of your energy not on fighting the old, but on building the new. It's time to wake up, my friends.